would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. Let's go, Buffalo! By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it! This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. This place is pandemonium! Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. And welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn, Alex Jones, happy to be joining you as we are now deep into the offseason. Yeah, Alex, it's been a while, almost two months since our last podcast, pre-divisional game against the Bengals, and uh, the way things ended and the way we were just spent, I think uh, finally the batteries are recharged again and we're ready to go ahead and cover the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I completely agree, Brad. You know, it really is, uh, it took a while to um, really get those, you know, deep feelings churned and uh, just get back to a point where you wanted to talk about football. Yeah. I don't know about you, for a little while after, I was like, it was almost like when you get sick and eating a specific dish, you're like, I don't want to touch that. Like, I, football was just like, I don't want to talk about it. Even up until, like, parts of the way through free agency, it was still like, I don't even, I, I don't want to, like, look at it. I don't want to touch it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, had to get that taste out of our mouth. And I think a lot of it, the, the way that it seemed to end for the Bills and how it felt for the fans is, you know, it was a draining season. I don't know. Too many seasons, especially where we win, you know, 13 games in the regular season, that it just felt just emotionally draining by the end. Everything that happened to DeMar Hamlin, uh, Vaughn going out, Hyde going out at the beginning of the year, all the injuries and everything, it just took his toll by the end of the season. And once the Bills were eliminated, I said, I need a good long break. Yeah, it was just, it felt like, even with, like, the Buffalo shooting and Kim Bagula's, you know, um, ailment ailment at the beginning of the year. Yeah, it just felt it just felt like a lot happened. It felt like it was nonstop, you know. And it was one of those you're like, I actually don't even want, like like you said, like it was just a lot to recharge your batteries for. Well, and then we go to the off season, and you know the two pending free agents looming in this one were Poyer and Edmonds, and. I think it was among the consensus that, you know, Poyer was going to go out there, get his contract, and he'd be too high, and same thing for Edmonds. Well, they came true for Tremaine Edmonds. Sad to see him go, but I think he'll do well in Chicago. Granted, he's not in the conference. He's not in the division. Totally fine. Um, but pleasantly surprised that they were able to work out something with Jordan Poyer, who I think wanted to be here, despite the tweets about the taxes, despite the pitchers, uh you know, tagging the Miami Dolphins, he's back on a two-year deal, and that feels really good knowing that at least for one more season, maybe they'll extend Hyde on a one-year deal that we can at least have Hyde and Poyer in our backfield while we try to build some depth at safety, whether it be DeMar, Christian Benford, or whoever else may be at this point. Yeah, and it feels like this, it feels like almost, I don't want to say Poyer overplayed his hand, I think just he thought, and maybe somebody in his ears told him, hey, this market's going to be huge for you. 
And I just think the aging safety market, even for a young safety, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he he got $8 million on a one-year deal to uh, the Lions when he was projected to get maybe upwards of 10 or more. So it's one of those things where the safety market in the NFL has always been and kind of will always be one of those things that unless a GM's really sure on something, they're not willing to sign huge deals because they're just not seen as the playmakers of the defense. Whether that's right or wrong, they're just not seen in that light. And it's so funny, too. I mean, take that out of the equation. You know, all the writing was there that he could potentially, you know, sign somewhere else. He goes out during last offseason, hires Drew Rosenhaus, the kind of super agent in the NFL, and it seemed like all the writing was there that he was going to go out and try to get paid. But a lot of people are pointing out that, you know, who's to say that he's going to get a contract like that at that age? And then especially with the injuries he had last year, yeah, the market really dwindled on him. Uh, and there was a good market on some other safeties out there that I was almost to the point where I'm saying if we can't resign Boyer, no problem. We'll try to get younger at safety, but you can't deny that, you know, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, I mean, they were, you know, first and second team all pro just a year ago. Having the two of them back, if they're both back and healthy, you know, Hyde was so close to coming back in this season. Uh, might have played in that, or sounds like he was going to play in the AFC Championship game had they won. They didn't win. Hyde didn't play. So we reset. We're in the offseason now and hopefully see those two in the defensive backfield side by side next fall. Yeah, and you know what? It's sort of like a, a one last run, right? Like a one last job in an action movie. Like, you know what? We're here. One last job. You know what? They're calling me back in. And that, that's what it feels like a little bit on the defense. Obviously, losing Edmonds is a huge issue. Um, and I think the re-signing of Milano uh, sh- sort of showed the Bills' hand there that they realized, you know what? We're not going to get him back. And so, you know what, we need to make sure at least one of this tandem is coming back in the long term. And so they re-signed Milano through 2026, added a void year to 2027. They actually can't even get out of that contract without a huge penalty until the 2026 year. So it sounds like they're tied to Milano for the long term. And maybe they saw the more, more of the value in keeping Milano rather than keeping Edmonds. Now, down the road in a few weeks, we're going to talk about the draft prospects, but there's a few who can replicate a similar style to Tremaine Edmonds in this draft. All right, so before we cover, cover who was gained and who was signed, let's cover some of the folks who are no longer with the Buffalo Bills anymore. Um, some of the other givens uh, here was, you know, Devin Singletary. Uh, you know, he played out his four-year rookie deal and – they did not resign him, and ultimately he signs with the Texans. Um, you know, I look at Motor Singletary as a moderate back. He had speed, but he didn't have that lightning, you know, explosive speed. He had strength, but he wasn't a bruising back. He was a moderately talented back, who I think would have been welcome back in this offense, but good for him going out there and getting a deal in Houston. Yep, one year, $3.5 million, which also just kind of shows the value on running backs when Devin Singletary was a a very good rusher for the Buffalo Bills his entire career. And so um, it it just shows you the market 
that's available for running back in the modern day and age. Backup quarterback Case Keenum also headed to Houston, signing a two-year, $6.25 million deal with $4 million of that guaranteed. Hey, good for him to go get in the deal. He played his college ball at Houston. Probably feels like going home a little bit. Good for Case. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know what? Go get that bag. Makes you think um, their third Davis Mills uh, probably not long for this world if you're investing in Case Keenum. Now, maybe they think that Davis Mill will be a bridge starter for whoever they take second overall. Um, I could kind of see them. This is There's been some chatter that the Texans are going to pull an all-time move and wait on quarterback, have one more year at Davis Mills, and then ha- uh, take um, Anderson second overall and basically get a, a, a you know Vaughn Miller on their team, a young Vaughn Miller. Yeah, Will Anderson would be a huge addition to the Texans, so we'll keep an eye on that throughout the offseason. Other departures from the Buffalo Bills, including Jamison Crowder, who it was tough to gauge last year. He only had 60 yards receiving. He broke his ankle so early. I, th- I can't remember if it was that Titan game or another game earlier, but he got hurt early, and we never really saw him last year, so he's off to the New York Giants on a one-year deal. Contract terms have yet to be disclosed there. Tommy Sweeney, who was more of death player and solid, uh, did what he was supposed to, but wasn't a ground-breaking player. That's how I look at him. Uh, he's gone on a one-year deal to the Giants. And then uh, Jaquan Johnson, who I think had an opportunity to step up when Hyde got hurt. I don't think he really filled that role. We saw DeMar step in and, you know, do an admirable job there that Jaquan Johnson signs a one-year deal with the Vegas Raiders. Yeah, and I mean, you're losing a core four special teamer there. That's probably why the Bills puts an emphasis on uh, getting Tyler Matakevich back. Yes. Um, who was also pending free agent this year. Uh, but it is one of those things where when you lose a core four guy like Jaquan Johnson, there is going to be someone who has to step up for that position. All right, so you... Perfect segue here, Alex. Let's segue into the resignings. Tyler Medkevich back on a one-year deal, $2.5 million, uh signing there. Uh, David Quisenberry, they came down yesterday here in Buffalo. Uh, the offensive tackle signs a one-year deal, waiting on terms of that deal. Tyro Dodson, uh, special teams linebacker depth, signs a one-year deal. Dane Jackson back on a one-year deal. Cam Lewis back on a one-year deal. We talked about Poyer and then special teams as well. Sam Martin, who I think did a pretty admirable job last year, coming in late as the Bills punter. They signed him to a three-year deal. But the way that's structured is essentially it's a one with an option for three. Yep. So, so you know, it's one of those things you're not married to him, but you also, um, you also, if he keeps playing well, you allow yourself to keep having a good punter. All right, so then let's go to some of the additions here for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, another departure. I never even mentioned this one on departures there. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie was released last week, signs with the Colts. Good for him. I don't know. I hate to say it because he had been good for us. I know you were more unconvinced if you listened to some of our previous episodes here, but I'm fine with him finally moving on here from Little Dirty. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, as a personality, yeah, he just uh, he had he unfortunately just had some untimely drops, and just didn't, 
kind of doesn't fulfill a singular need, right? Like if you can find him gadget plays, but he's not whole, you know, he's not able to generate separation like Cole Beasley. He's not a guy that's got blazing fast speed. He's quicker than fast, but he's also one of those stories that like kind of is a, one of those stories you love in the NFL. He's a guy who got a quick shot, was on waivers, stuck with a team and just found a way even going as far to say that he, you know, he take candy as part of his contract. <laughs> yes. Um, when he first re-signed with the Bills. So you hate to see those guys go because he is a guy that the fans love and that honestly has been, you know, a huge part of Buffalo's success. But, you know, $6 million, it, it makes a lot of sense to nope. move on. Yep, Co- good cost-saving move there by Brandon Bean and company. All right, let's talk about some of the new additions here to the Buffalo Bills. A potential new backup and a friend of Josh Allen, another Allen, Kyle Allen, coming over from the Houston Texans on a one-year flyer. I would say, presumably, he's probably going to earn the backup spot, I would think, over Matt Barkley at this point here. So, nope, I, I like that signing. I think that's all right. Yeah, I do too. The interesting one, Brad, just an unrelated um, signing that's just very interesting is Davis Mills signing on to be the uh, Broncos quarterback coach, him being eight years younger, I believe, than Russell Wilson. But a guy who the Bills wanted last season as their quarterback's coach finds a new home. Um. Going down the line here, Damian Harris, the uh, running back from the New England Patriots. Well, we signed him to a one-year deal. I love this signing, um, but I think I'm channeling back, and I'm thinking back to 2021 Damian Harris, where I, you know, I think over his four-year career, I heard someone pointed out that he was a bill killer, and I mean, he had some very good games. He had that 60-plus yard run. I think he had all three touchdowns in the second game of the 2021 season. Um, I know he was hurt. He missed six games last year. I still like the sizing, uh, the signing coming in a bigger size at five eleven. You know, he's got four inches there on Devin Singletary. I like the size. I like that signing a lot. Yeah, there was an interesting stat I saw on Twitter from Thad Brown. Damian Harris uh, career career converting third and fourth down within one or two yards, ten of thirteen. He's also scored 10 of his last 11 carries from the three-yard line or closer going back to October 21st. That's Thad Brown 7 on Twitter. Um, You know, that is a very – essentially, it's the back they kind of wanted Zach Moss to be. A couple wide receiver signings here for the Bills. Deontay Hardy coming in. Uh, Kick return, pump return, wide receiver – uh, kind of a speed guy. He comes in from the New Orleans Saints on a two-year deal. And then uh, Trent Sherfield signed early this week here on a one-year deal for Miami. Uh, you may remember him. He had a couple big receptions, I think even a touchdown against us in the wild card matchup, if I recall. He's a bill. He's also a three-team special teamer, which is nice. Yes. And then two signings at guard right now. Connor McGovern was the first to sign coming over from the Dallas Cowboys on a three-year deal. And then uh, signed today. Still waiting on details on the contract there. But David Edwards comes over from the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, he played in the Super Bowl just over a year ago. 
both of those, I think McGovern is the more likely of the two to. Uh, I think McGovern they kind of expect to be a starting guard. Yes. Um, take over for Roger Saffold. Yep. Um, but probably will have him as right guard and then move Bates to left guard, where he played exceptionally well in 2021. So I don't have any problem with that. Um, and then uh, the other guard played for the Rams. I think if judging by his contract, I'm going to gamble that he's going to be a backup or depth player. Um, I, he's on a one-year deal, a late, more of a late signing. I think he's uh, like a six-man off the bench. You know, the Bills have that in uh, David Quesenberry. I think they now have that in this guard. There were some restructurings as well this offseason because uh, he had to. Cap was that tight. Josh Allen restructured. Uh, Diggs did. Von Miller did. Tim Settle did. Matt Milano did. Naheem Hines. Uh, they almost had to. That would have been a like a $4 million cap hit had he not. So, um, you know, Brandon Bean being smart with the money. Uh, moving some things around, but I overheard remarks the other day that, you know, it's something that we can't do forever. He can't lean on forever, or it'll lead to, you know, a trickle-down effect that will hurt the Bills long-term. So they have to be careful, but right now I think they're making the most with it. I, I disagree with that sentiment, Brad, just because the salary cap keeps going up, and it the salary cap isn't the salary cap isn't so you can push this money because essentially what a lot of GMs are gambling is that as the salary cap keeps going up, if, if you got like five million or six million dead money in the books, um, you know that is one of those things where you're like, uh, who cares? The cap went up thirty-two million dollars because I know next year is when they do the broadcasting rights deals. Um, and that looks like it's going to be in the billions, uh, which is going to be interesting, especially with, you know, YouTube TV getting Sunday ticket. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be one of those things that's very interesting to see how that affects it, because that will directly affect the salary cap and how much money is that. And that's apparently supposed to very much affect. Well, uh, I think it was actually comments that Brandon Bean made that, you know, said, he, you know, you don't want to constantly try no, to you, move money around like that because it can create an avalanche effect. You don't. You don't. But it, there's a lot of G, it, it's kind of one of those things like you don't, but also you're gonna. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. It's the it. inevitable, you right? You don't want to do it. Yeah. You don't want to do it, but you're gonna. Like you don't want to get McDonald's at midnight when you're driving home tired from com- you're just getting home, but you're like, I need some food in me. So you're like, you know what? The only place open right now, whatever. And you're like, I don't want to do it, but I kind of have to. And yeah. that's that's sort of the gist of it. It's like it's, it's the McDonald's at one in the morning. Well, this is the Buffalo Bills Draft House podcast. So glad you could join us at TW Callahan DHS at Bills Bruiser. At uh, find us on facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. So glad you could join us here. We have a lot to get into. Now, we're going to do more in depth draft podcasts, but based on the signings, based on the moves here, talk about where your mindset is for the Bills as they go into a draft. Who do they target? Or what position do they even target with a late first round pick and late round picks? You know, throughout this year's draft, how do you see the draft going so far for the Buffalo Bills? 
I think they're really going to be in a position to kind of let the board fall to them. I think there's a few different directions. There's some trendy picks people like. One of them that's sort of popped up recently is um, right tackle. I'm not a huge fan of it. I think Spencer Brown, like, he's in his third year. It's his third or second all offensive line coach. I, I think you give I think you give Aaron Cromer, who's one of known as one of the best developers of offensive linemen in the NFL, time to develop him as a player. Um, and the whole thing of him coming out of Northern Iowa was like, hey, this dude's an athletic freak. He's just raw. And so I think I don't like right tackle. I think interior offensive line is still a very strong candidate. Middle linebacker, obviously a very strong candidate. Um and there's also just a few exceptions. Like I think wide receiver, if oh Smith Najigba out of Ohio State is there, um, I think the Bills definitely jump at that. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of players played for. Um, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. Pitt and then USC wide receiver Jordan Addison. Uh, not a huge fan, but he'd be essentially a similar fit for like a slot type. Tyler Boyd type. Um, but then there's also some guys that like if they fall or if there's value, like I could really see Brandon Bean falling in love with Darnell Washington. He's an incredibly good run blocker, an athletic freak, and essentially thinking like, you know what? We can now split Dawson Knox out or we can move Dawson Knox around and we have this guy who's a nasty dog uh, run blocker in that interior area who can really help us out. And with a 6-7 catch radius, it's, it's a guy it's hard to miss throws on. So, I mean, there's there's always guys like that that certain teams will fall in love with, where even though it's not a traditional position of need, they're like, you know what, this guy's so good, we're willing to be like, we value him so much more. Because when you draft, you draft for value now. Yes. Yes, you do. Because you, you, do you still think... With some, you know, positions of need in this draft, that it'll still be a, you know, best player on the board type draft that we've seen in the past from this Bills team, or do you think they uh, really look at their holes? I think so. Here's the reason why you don't want to get pigeonholed into being like, well, we have to take a guard, and you're like, well, the good the guards we had ranked as first round guards, the only ones we have left are people we think are third round grade. Let's take them anyway. That's where teams start to get in trouble, especially when you're a championship caliber team. You have to really hit on those first-round picks and because those guys are instant starters. Essentially, that's what it has to be. Um, and so I, I think that they're going to look at value comparatively to what is available uh, you know, in the area, right? Because trade down is a very strong possibility. Um and you know what? You could even see a trade up. I wouldn't be shocked if the Bills put something together to move up the board if there was a guy they really liked. Well, we'll know in uh, just about just over a month the NFL draft coming up this year. So uh, I, you know, always a ton of fun, um, and we're, we're going to have to see. Um, just how some of the chips fall, as it is every year. I mean, it's it's nothing new at this point, but um, 
a lot of fun to be had coming up here. Thursday, April 27th through the 29th of April uh, from Kansas City. So, uh, you know, fun venue at the home of the Super Bowl defending champions. Um, I'm already salivating just thinking about the NFL draft right now, Alex. I know. It's going to be a very interesting one. Like, it is... I think going to be the most interesting interesting um, draft in quite some time. All right. Well, we encourage you to go ahead and keep tabs with us as we're going to keep you plugged into a lot of what's going on on the draft, mock drafts, that and more here. Uh, if you want to follow anyone on Twitter concerning the draft, Follow Alex at TW Callahan DHS. You can follow me at Bill's Bruiser. Follow our site at DHS Buffalo. And uh, you can find us online at DraftHouseSports.com and Facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. Any other moves or anything else you want to see as uh, the offseason continues to progress here leading up to the NFL draft? One that there's a little bit of smoke on, um, just a little bit is DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, we have to Um, address this. Yes, please. The Cardinals, according to reports, are realizing that being like, hey, we should get the same asset we put into him isn't going to happen just due to his age, his contract, and in all honesty, the PED suspension. Like, you just got to say, you got to know that even if it's a fail or like another one, you're it's significantly longer. So with all that, most likely it'll be a fifth and a sixth round pick going for him with a similar thing to what Brandon Cooks did, which is an adjusted contract. Um, they'd have to agree to that, obviously. But I, I could see easily what happened. I could see easily happening is DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins dropping his contract to like one year six million, one year seven million, and um, you know accepting a trade to a contender. I mean, everybody would be interested in a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. He's one of the best receivers in the league at going and going up and getting the ball. Just a pure possession guy. Um, so every team in the league's going to check in on something like that. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Like I said, stay plugged into it this offseason. We promise we're going to be here a little more frequent than we have over the past two months here as the batteries have been recharged and we're set to go ahead and track the Buffalo Bills here as they move on into the 2023 season. Again, follow us across our social media platforms at TW Callahan DHS, at Bills Bruiser at DHS Buffalo, Facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House and DraftHouseSports.com. Much more off-season news to follow here through Draft House Sports. Keep it plugged into us. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast, an R Street Media production.